Hey, everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Proton Pack podcast. I'm Christian Phoenix. With me, as always, is my co-host, Tony. Today, we're going to be talking about Willow, Batman, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Star Wars, Mission Impossible, Beetlejuice 2, Thanksgiving, Jared Leto, Nintendo Switch Online, Lego, and Toxic Crusaders. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Welcome to the Proton Pack Podcast. As I mentioned, I'm Christian Phoenix. With me always is my co-host, Tony. Hey, Tone, how you doing today? Hey, good, Christian. Good to be back on uh, for Season 2, Episode 2. Yeah, it's weird to think I that we've been doing it for so long, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's kind of like riding a bike. You know, the last episode, we uh, were getting our feet back underneath us. We forgot a few things, had a few uh, issues. You disappeared into the uh, singularity there at the end. But in all, you know, it felt nice to be home, for lack of a better term. But uh, it, we it really did. Yeah, excited to be back. Happy to bring you guys episode two. Thanks for the feedback for those that chimed in and watched one. Yes, I know if you guys want it to be live. It's not quite live. Maybe one day, just not today. <laughs> it's close to live. And Unless of course, you're watching it, then it's like live. You can chime in and pretend you're talking. We just won't acknowledge your questions and stuff today. Exactly. Uh, the other yeah. thing is, you know, we try to make this a weekly podcast, but every once in a while, life gets in the way. So, for instance, last week, we didn't have a brand new one, but we've got a brand new one this week. And uh, lots of fun stories to talk about. Um, Tone, anything you want to touch on before we get into the TV news? Um, I'll save it for movie. I saw a really wild movie last week, but uh, we'll get into that. But uh, no, I'm glad actually when we set up for episode two or the one we're recording now last week, like right when I walked out of the room, I, I used those uh, Velcro strips uh, to hang the pictures on the wall and stuff. You can't see it on this side, but I had a Bronco one with Elway and Manning. Mm. Freaking thing. And I go downstairs, I hear this. Oh, no. Falls. I had glass everywhere in this room. So, you know, it's probably a good thing we didn't do the show. I spent the time cleaning up glass last week. So fun Yikes. stuff. Yeah. Mm, yeah. But, not so much. All right, folks. Well, if you know the format of the show, we like to start off with TV news. We go into movie, talk video games and, you know, those few extra things. But uh, being that it is the first segment of the show, let's get into our TV news. Bazinga. The cream of the crop! <laughs> hey, baby. Let's go, Bob. Excellent. Hail to the king, baby. Hail to the king, baby. All right. Hey, Tone, have you been watching the Willow series on Disney Plus? No, sir. I did not even watch one episode. <laughs> Are you, uh, did you enjoy the original movie? You know, I gotta be honest, I haven't watched it since I was a little kid. No kidding. Interesting. Yeah. It's been yeah. a while. For me, you know, it was one of those movies that I loved as a kid growing up. You, It was almost impossible to find, uh, you know, in rentals, streaming. And then, of course, when Disney Plus came along, uh, you know, we were able to watch it again. Um, the funny thing is my girlfriend, Leah, 
she has now tried to watch the movie three times. She's fallen asleep every single time. And the reason we've, I've wanted her to watch it is so we could watch the series just because I was very excited, directed by Ron Howard, you know, can't go wrong. Well, unfortunately, uh, it looks like the much-hyped Willow series on Disney Plus will not be getting a second season. The news came down via deadline that the eight-episode series will not be returning, which maybe should account as a massive surprise given the recent focus from Lucasfilm on Star Wars shows. Willow's has all uh, sorry, Willow was always a more niche title, and while critics mostly liked the show, uh, the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, Tomatoes was only a mediocre 66%. Indeed, the show never really captured the zeitgeist in the way the series like Mandalorian did, although fans hoped perhaps it would build up some cult status over time. And it still may, um, you know, but it's one of those things where a show that even is canceled may not be dead and gone forever. People may discover it, watch it in droves, and you know maybe Ron Howard and Disney Plus decide, you know, we're going to give this a second chance. But in the meantime, if you're a huge fan of Willow, unfortunately, you're only getting that one season. Well, that's a bummer for fans of Willow. I mean, it did look really good. Um, I know Val Kilmer was not in it, uh, but you had Warwick Davis back. Um, you know, and it looked neat. It just was one of those, I think with when I was working evenings and not really having a lot of time, it's kind of hard to find time to watch the shows, but now I'm in morning. So as long as I can stay awake and not, not pull Leah, which I, I typically do, <laughs> yeah, um, do, I could try to watch this. I mean, cause it does look good and it is a bummer if you're a fan, but like you said, a lot of the times is if there's demand for it down the line, it wouldn't be the, it wouldn't be the most strange thing for them to go back. I mean, Futurama is a great example. How many times has that show ended and keeps coming back? Like it's coming back again at some point, which is great, but kind of weird because they always kind of find a quick ending and you think it's done and then they bring it back. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, we'll it, it used to be shows when they were dead, they were dead. Um, yeah. Now they can live on on different networks and, and you know, bring them back at a later time. It truly is the golden age of television right now. Oh, I love for sure. It. Love it. Yeah. Well, let's so move on. Stuff. Let's move on to our next story. Uh, moving from Disney Plus over to HBO Max. Newly, nearly two years ago, HBO Max and Cartoon Network ordered a new Batman animated series from Bruce Tim. Of course, he was behind the original Batman animated series. J.J. Abrams, who you know from Star Wars, Star Trek. I mean, uh, every big Lost. movie nowadays. Exactly. Yeah. And Matt Reeves, who directed the most recent The Batman movie. Well, fans are uh, were excited about a new Batman series, especially with the involvement of Bruce Tim. But the series, unfortunately, didn't survive the acts of Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav, who scrapped it along with many others. Thankfully, Amazon has come to the rescue and given Batman Cape Crusader a two-season order. When Batman Cape Crusader was canceled as a cost-cutting move, Warner Brothers Animation started shopping the show to other streaming services. The series is billed as a reimagining of the Batman mythology that will utilize state-of-the-art animation techniques and technologies available. This powerful creative partnership will once again reinvent Batman and his iconic rogues gallery with sophisticated storytelling, nuanced characters, and intense action sequences all set in a visually striking world. Now, I was a huge fan of Batman the Animated Series. It was the first time that you really saw dark themes I mean, amazing storytelling in animation in a kid's show. And, uh, you know, knowing that it's coming back, Bruce Tim is in 
on it. Um, I've got very high hopes. I do too. I, I based off the one image still I can see in here. Um, I think it's great. Uh, Batman, the animated series. We were young teens when that came out in the mid nineties. Fantastic show, super dark, but I loved it. Cause you would get home, you'd watch <laughs> tiny Toon adventures, animaniacs, and then Batman, the animated series would roll out. You know, that was typically your afternoon when you got home from school. Um, Great show, great storytelling, still holds up to today. Uh, today, I don't know why I said today. <laughs> today, hey, Julia. Julia. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I know it won't have the late, great Kevin Conroy um, on The Voice, but mm-hmm. hey, I feel it's in good hands. And this uh, Discovery CEO of Warner Brothers, David Z- Zaslov, was Z- Zaslov? Zaslov. Um, they, he seemed to scrap a lot of stuff. And I mean, I get it if it was crappy, but some of the stuff was already done. Mm-hmm. So kudos to Amazon to jump in there and swoop it up. I think it's smart. I think it's great. And hey, if it if it ends up not being that good, then oh well, you know, at least you're going to get two seasons to and they get a chance to tell a story. So that I think that's a great thing. Yeah. And who doesn't love Batman? I mean, even people well, was, who don't love DC exactly. typically love Batman because he's the most relatable character. And of course, his rogues gallery is fantastic. Yeah. And I everything pretty much that comes out with Batman has been pretty good. I mean, there's here and there, not so much, but, you know, animated wise, man, DC, I can't think of too many animated stuff DC's done that's bad. Exactly. Nothing really comes to mind on that. (laughs) Well, I'm looking forward to that. And of course, we'll have more news and updates uh, as we get closer. And of course, once there's a trailer, a preview, uh, we'll probably review it and take a look at it. Share it with you folks as well. Yes. Well, let's move on to our last story here in TV news. And speaking of, you know, shows that you'd get home after school and turn on. And this one was a staple at my house partially because it was ridiculous, partially because it was just a fun show to watch. Maybe I was a little old for it, but, uh, you know, it has a following that is really kind of second to none. Of course, I'm talking Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Well, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Once and Always is the new 30th anniversary reunion love letter to the OG audience, that's me, that made it a phenomenon in the 1990s. Netflix has just released a trailer that will hit your nostalgia bone hard as it reunites former cast members of season one, Walter Jones, the Black Ranger, David Yost, the Blue Ranger, Barbara Goodson, who voiced Rita Repulsa, Richard Stephen Horvitz, who voiced Alpha 5, as well as season two cast members, Stephen Cardenas, Catherine Sutherland, Johnny Young Bosch, and Karen Ashley. Now, the synopsis from Netflix reads, the Rangers come face to face with a familiar threat from the past. In the midst of a global crisis, they are called on once again to be the heroes the world needs. Uh, Tony, is this a um, special that you're going to be watching? Were you much of a Power Rangers fan or you're nah? Nah, it wasn't really for me. Now, I love the Pink Ranger, Amy Jo Johnson. I had a massive Who crush on her. Right. Yeah. She's not in this. So that's number one. That sucks. Um they don't have, um, they don't have, uh, was it Tommy? The white, he was the green ranger. Then he well, was the he's white passed ranger, away. Right? Yeah. He's yeah, dead now. He's, he's not in it. <laughs> um, so obviously he can't, but the pink ranger missing. Cause she was, she was in season one. Cause even before Tommy was, cause Tommy came later. Cause he was he the did. villain they introduced in the movie. Right. And he was they the green that. ranger ori- originally. Yeah. And uh, my sister was a huge, huge Power Rangers fan. So it was on at our house a lot. I did see it. Never really 
got into it for whatever reason. Um, cause it was a bit ridiculous, but, uh, yeah. you know, again, there was some, ep- you know, like from some of it, the, like the two goofball, uh, bullies, the high school bullies were, they remind me of like of a bebop and rock steady type character, <laughs> just human, right. <laughs> just two bumbling idiots. And yeah. then I always thought Rita, the repulsive was ridiculous. And if I'm not mistaken, Brian Cranston, he was, he's the big face, right? Or am I no, that no. just from the movie? No, Brian Cranston <laughs> voiced White. one of the enemies of the week. And so oh, okay. that's, yeah. Um, okay. I, I thought he was, but maybe I was wrong. But, you know, if you're a fan of the Power Rangers, this might be for you. You watch the trailer. It's up on YouTube. You can probably check it up on our site um, and you can watch it there. But it's it's one of those that I personally probably won't watch, but hey, I'm always for nostalgia. Based on the stills, a little disappointed that uh, actually there's no Amy Jo Johnson. That might intrigue me, but <laughs> she's not in it. So. Yeah, that is the most sad part. But, uh, you know, one of the things that and the reason it was so ridiculous is it was actually a Japanese show where all of the action sequences they took a, directly from the Japanese show. And then they intercut, you know, the American actors, um, you know, for the storyline. And so it was this mashup of, you know, American acting, Japanese acting. And uh, so, you know, like Rita Repulsa, she had that bad overdubbing. Well, it's because she wasn't actually speaking English. So, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I'm looking forward to it. And it's funny because, you know, Walter Jones and David Yost are probably the two most accessible Power Rangers that we would see at every single Comic-Con. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, were they at the Reno Con that we did? Reno Pop Culture Con? I don't think they were. Maybe one of them was, but I don't think so. But yeah. no, in I'm any case, we had young Boba Fett was biased. That we did. We had a lot of cool no. people. Oh, Mario. I'm the hot terror strong Mario. <laughs> oh, we it's could go on for hours. <laughs> it's about the Tony good old Christian days. on the pop culture kaboom. Woohoo! <laughs> well, you know. It's one of those things we'd love to get back to. But, uh, of course, you know, we need you guys, the audience, to uh, keep watching, sharing, and, uh, you know, let us know what you think. With that being said, we are going to head out to our first commercial break. But when we come back, we are going to be talking movie news. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore our complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash angel phoenix productions. Oh, and we are back, folks. This is the Proton Pack Podcast, and we thank you guys so much for hanging with us, checking us out. Of course, if you've been with us for the entire run that we took the year-long break from, we appreciate you coming back. And if you're new, we appreciate you checking us out, and hopefully you... uh Spread the news. Obviously, if you're watching the uh, video, you can go anywhere on Proton Pack Podcast. So that's Facebook, uh, I think Instagram, Twitter. Um, I don't even know everywhere we're at anymore. <laughs> I think we, we were always on. I don't know if we're on Twitter, but we were on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, obviously. So. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, Check us yeah. out. Follow exactly. Us. And of course, all of the podcast platforms where uh, most of you are checking us out as well. 
Well, in the last segment, we talked TV news. In this segment, uh, we're going to be talking movie news. But before we do that, let's go ahead and get into our box office report. Now, we're changing things up just a little bit because previously when we were doing the show, we would record on a Monday, Tuesday. It would come out Tuesday, Wednesday, and we would obviously report uh, the box office from the previous week. Well, being that it's a Thursday that we're recording, this thing comes out on Friday. You guys already know what the box office was last week. So we're going to be doing a box office preview from now on, talking about the new movies that are going to be coming out in theaters and obviously trying to uh, take a look at, you know, what's going to be at the very top. Now, this week, it's going to be very easy to pick out what the top dog is. John Wick, Chapter 4. Everybody's been waiting for the Baba Yaga to uh, return, and uh, I certainly have. In fact, over the last couple months, I've been re-watching the first three just to get prepared for this. And uh, all the predictions are basically saying that uh, it's supposed to open up with a uh, $75 million um, box office opening, which is fantastic. Um, even despite the runtime. Tony, do you know how long the runtime of this movie is? Uh, off the top of my head, I'm going to guess it's almost two and a half hours. Two hours and 49 minutes. Damn, almost a three-hour movie, but... That's endgame territory. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, is all the other John Wicks were fantastic. So, and this thing's already getting great buzz, great reviews, early reviews. Um, It's, uh, what, already an 81% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Well, 86% Rotten Tomatoes score, 81% for the audience. So that's pretty dang good, so... Yeah, I'm excited for it, man. It's uh, it's definitely going to knock off uh, the uh, this week's uh, box office winner. Which was Shazam! Fury of the Gods, which they expect to be number two at the box office, raking in about $12 million more. Now, uh, I saw it last night. I, saw, I know you saw it, Tony. What did you think mm-hmm. of the movie? I, I liked it. <clears throat> I wrote on uh, Filippo's Horrible Reviews. Um, I gave it a six out of a ten. Uh, I thought it was funny. Um, it didn't have the same humor as the first movie. Um, it definitely had that. It, it struggled with some of the DC Snyderverse-esque where it's dark in spots and it's just kind of drawn out. Um, I wish it had more of the humor of the first, but you know what? The characters are likable. Some of that charm and humor was there. I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's as bad as the critics have put it out there. Right. They'll tell you it's the biggest piece of crap ever. It was way better than Black Adam. I was going to say, was, obviously, they didn't see Black Adam. No. And I geeked out at the mid credit scene. Not so much the very last scene, because I had to Google to see what that was about. <laughs> and it's kind of a throwaway, because now that it's in Gunn's territory, who knows if we're going to get a third in this movie really underperformed and sadly it shouldn't have. I think it's worth a matinee. Um, you could always stream it. Definitely see the first one. Um, but uh, overall enjoyed it. Definitely thought like the monsters and stuff were a little creepy for it at the end. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, the, the unicorns were interesting, but uh, I love, I love <laughs> the line alert. that I'm sure you'll tell. Yeah. You know, but uh, overall, what'd you think about it? Yeah, you know, I went in with kind of low expectations after reading your review. Um, I really enjoyed the first one. You know, my problem with the first one was they had uh, uh, Zachary Levi in that weird bodysuit that it looked like fake muscles, which they fixed for this one. It looked much more natural. Um, they probably had some embellishments uh, in the suit, but um, for the most part, it looked more naturally him. 
Um, didn't really care for the the villains of the piece, you know, uh, Helen oh. Mirren and um, um, Lucy, uh, Lou. Lucy Liu. Uh, you know, I would have loved to have more of a named villain from, you know, the, the DC universe. Apparently, you know, they weren't even characters that existed. Uh, the humor wasn't quite as on point as the first one. And then uh, I think the biggest problem for me was you got that sequel trope of characters losing their superpowers. You know, I, I always hate that it happens. It happened in Spider-Man two. It happened in Iron Man three. It had, you know, uh, Oh, the Wolverine. Um, you know, it, it's just a trope that I, I think we can get past at this point. Aside from that, it was entertaining. It was a fun ride. If you go in with low expectations and especially if you saw Black Adam, this is a huge step ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but it, obviously, I don't know if they'll go with a third. I don't know if you need a third. I don't um, think you necessarily need one, especially now that it's not uh, part of the, you know, uh, uh, what are they calling the DC universe, not the DCEU, which was part of the Snyderverse. Yeah. It's, it's all a little confusing. And of course, it's even more confusing now that, uh, you know, there's even rumblings of a Justice League 2 from Zack Snyder possibly being announced next month. But we can obviously dive into that yeah. when something no is officially Gosh, announced. No exactly. Snyder, no offense to Snyder. You, I do not like his stuff. I just don't. <laughs> not when it comes to DC. I, I don't enjoy it. It's it. They're all dark and grimy. Um but yeah, it's I. But I'm glad you liked it too. I went in not caring too much, but I actually enjoyed it overall. wasn't wasn't as bad as everyone puts it out to be. It, it is worth a watch. I'd say that's a fair assessment. Rounding out the top five with the box office preview number three, they're expecting Scream Six to bring in ten million dollars. I still haven't seen it yet. I know you did, Tone. Just I liked super it. brief. What did you think? You liked it. Awesome. Yeah. Fun movie. One of the best in the in the series. Love how they tied it together, even without Nev Campbell. It was still awesome. And uh, can't wait to see where the series goes. It's very, very enjoyable. And as I understand, you have to have seen Scream 5 to really you follow along with Scream five. 6. Okay. Yep. It, it totally ties to 5. It'd be like watching uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4 without watching 3. Fair enough. All right. You're just not going to get it. Number four in the box office predictions, Creed 3, with another $8 million, which you reviewed last week. And then rounding out the top five, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumanium, with another uh, $3 million. So, uh, you know, all big blockbuster movies. So happy to see that, you know, theaters are going back to, you know, big blockbuster. Of course, we're headed into the summer season, so we're going to start seeing more yeah. and more of those come out with bigger box office numbers. I did also watch this last week, uh, Cocaine Bear. <laughs> I saw Cocaine Bear. I did not go to theaters and see Cocaine Bear. I I watched it at home and I would advise watch it at home. Don't go to a theater. That movie is so awful, so terrible that it's entertaining and funny. I found myself laughing and in tears a lot watching the movie. Like, give you an example. The bear at one point, horrible CGI, by the way. Okay. The, the bear is standing tall and... Uh, it's got a bunch of powder and one of the characters is like, what's well, on his hand? The bear literally takes his paw and goes, <sighs> like snorts the cocaine off his hand. And I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me, dude. Did is the bear at any point real? take a little bit and like rub it against his teeth and 
like they do in every oh, drug movie through up. Uh, I don't know if the grinding of the teeth so much, but through like the bag of cocaine up and like there's a slow motion where he's like dancing in the thing. <laughs> and then there's little cocaine cubs like it's a mom bear. You got little cubs, so they're all cocained out. It's it's awful. So it's bad. It's terrible. Good. You got to watch it, though. It's so worth a watch at home. One time watch. I promise you'll laugh, but just know it is a piece of crap. It is bad. So, but it's fun. It's a fun bad. You know, it's right. You know, it's going to be bad. So you you just go for what it is, but don't go to the theater and see it. Don't don't waste your money on it. Good to know. Good to know. Good to know. New. Wow. Good to know, cocaine, Chris. Yeah, apparently words are hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for the box office preview. Let's go ahead and get into the meat and potatoes of our movie news. And of course, it wouldn't be movie news without our movie intro. And here we go. Are you the key master? Laugh it up, fuzzball. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. This baby hits 88 miles per hour. They're going to see some serious shit. You will see some serious shit. Well, Great first, Scott, Marty, you said <laughs> shit on the podcast. First up in movie news, well, Lucasfilm, who we talked about a little bit earlier, great TV shows. They've been struggling a little bit with their movies, and they've had difficulty getting a new Star Wars movie off the ground, but perhaps Peaky Blinders creator Stephen Knight will have better luck. Variety has reported that Stephen Knight is set to pen the screenplay for the untitled Star Wars movie with Miss Marvel's Charmaine Obeyed Chinoy attached to direct. The Star Wars movie is the same one that Damon Lindelof and Justin Brick Gibson originally penned before they departed. Stephen Knight is best known for creating Peaky Blinders, the period crime drama starring Cillian Murphy, but he is also known for his work on Eastern Promises, Dirty Pretty Things, Locke, Allied, Spencer, Taboo, CSAS, Rogue Heroes, and more. It's said that the new Star Wars movie will mark the franchise's return to the big screen following the release of The Rise of Skywalker in 2019. Production is slated to kick off next February with an official announcement expected to arrive at Star Wars Celebration next month. Now, I know that, uh, you know, as I mentioned, the TV shows have been doing great. Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett eh, wasn't as great as Mandalorian. And then Bad Batch, if you are not watching that, you have to have to have to watch. But we've been getting this news about, uh, you know, different Star Wars movies that they're trying to do. Of course, Taika Waititi, who was attached to, I believe it was an old Republic uh, uh, version of, you know, obviously set hundreds of years before the original trilogy. Um, and then uh, you had Damon Lindelof and Justin Britt Gibson, which don't know where this would fall in the timeline. And then uh, uh, the Rogue um, Squadron movie that Patty Jenkins was supposed to direct has also been canned at this point. So this is our best look at a new Star Wars movie. But again, we have no idea where it falls into the timeline, who it will center on, will there be Jedi or not. But the good news is we have the TV shows to hold us over until then. I I think it's risky because you've kind of now told the story of Skywalker of everything we're familiar with. Like, where do you go with it? I think you either um, need to go way in the past or way in the future. Yeah, you got to do something. I guess you could still do something with Ray, maybe kind of mm. carry it on, but I don't know if you'd want to. <laughs> um, there's just like, I don't know, like the new trilogies. I just, I didn't love them. Didn't hate them. I, I didn't love them. You know, maybe, 
I don't know. I but it took me a while. I love the prequels. The prequels were great. Um, obviously, who doesn't love the originals? And uh, I I'm with you. The TV shows, fantastic. Mandalorian, hooked. You can tie stuff into it. I love it. Um, and like I said, Bad Batch. Holy crap! Great freaking show need to be watching it i'm three episodes behind you but it's a damn but it's a damn good show (laughs) and if you haven't watched andor andor is another fantastic storytelling character you know not a whole lot of action compared to all the rest of star wars but if you love good dramas good storytelling andor is fantastic yeah so the shows are hitting out of the park like you said boba fett it, it took mando and grogu to say that so (laughs) <laughs> it, it did right it did, like yeah. you needed it that's the only reason why it survived because it was not that great of a show yeah yeah for sure but uh you know what we always love star wars stuff and you know we'll obviously watch whatever comes out from star wars but some things better than others glad to see they're working think, on a new movie though i think they could do it because in the video games what's the next one soul survivor the jedi survivor the, yeah so they're telling a great story with that as well with different characters. So yep. it can and be it's done, all but part of the canon. Yep. You got to tie. It's got to have some ties somehow, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what, <laughs> what gets announced here soon. Exactly. Well, let's move on to our next story. Uh, Tony, have you been watching Ted Lasso? I sure have just watched a second episode yesterday of the newest season of the new season. Yep. Look at you all, all caught, caught up. up. Fantastic. Caught up on Ted. Yeah. But, not, but not bad, bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ted Lasso is hands down my favorite show on television. It's expected it's to uh, end its run, at least in this iteration, after the end of this season three. All that, goes, <laughs> all that goes to say that uh, Ted Lasso's Rebecca Hanning Waddingham is joining the cast of Mission Impossible 7. The Ted Lasso star is mixing it up for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2. That's a lot to say. Uh, director Christopher McQuarrie revealed on Friday via Instagram. The image posted to McQuarrie's account depicts Waddingham wearing a boring man beige colored cap and standing aboard what looks like an aircraft carrier. A carrier or fortified military base. With a serious look, Waddingham is all business while remaining snug in her matching jacket with a fuzzy brown collar. The caption for the post includes the hashtag Godspeed and Dead Reckoning. Now, I know, Tone, you are a big fan of the Mission Impossible movies. I love them, especially since Christopher McQuarrie took over everything he did from Rogue Nation to, um, oh, what was the one right before that? where he was hanging on the side of the building. Um, oh, that was the one. Yes. Um, shoot. I don't know if that was five. I don't know how many we're at now. Uh, so many. The last one was five because yeah. Dead Reckoning 6 Part 1 uh, is the next one to come out. And then uh, right. looking through here, when can we expect six? Because oh, yeah. um, we got the teaser trailer earlier. Seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll have to get back to you guys on when six comes out. I want to say it was part five when uh, when it happened, or because MI four was like the nice reboot. Because MI three was JJ Abrams. Yep. And two was John Woo. All the <laughs> Woo with all my tower card disappear. Um. Yeah, I want to say it was probably part. Five. Four, five? It was part four where know. Christopher McQuarrie came in. Part five was Rogue Nation. Part six is the next one coming out. So 
Um, so it had to be four. Yeah, I just can't we think we saw of, that in California together. I don't know which one that was called. can't think of what it's called. But in any case, if you guys know, feel free to uh, comment and let us know. I, typically, it's right on the tip of my tongue, but there's so many titles to this next one that I just happened to lose it. Well, how dare you? It was Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol. Thank you. From 2011. And that was the one with the building. So. Yep. Because um, I can see the the little trailer snippet here. I had to look it up because it's hard to keep up with them. But <laughs> they're damn good movies. Um, Tom Cruise is he's insane, dude. That guy is crazy. Does his own stunts. He's he just does. He defies his age. That's for sure. You oh, know. Yeah. It's crazy. And plus, he can still put out a hell of a good movie. I mean, Top Gun Maverick, fantastic. I'm actually kind of pissed it didn't didn't have a little more wins at that Oscars. It was completely dominated by uh, the googly eye movie that yeah. everything everywhere all at once, everybody, everybody take a hit of whatever <laughs> magic drug you're taking. Put your left I foot in, put your too. left foot out. That movie was a trip. Holy cow. <laughs> well, regardless, I'm looking forward to it. You know, the mission impossible movies are always twisty, turny, fun action rides. That'll keep you on your toes. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to our next story. Uh, Tony, uh, kind of taking you back to TV as far as the setup goes. Have you been watching Wednesday on Netflix? I, I did watch Wednesday with Jamie Anna. Yes, we did watch it. You watched the entire series so far? Yep, liked it. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, we're uh, I think we're on episode six or seven at this point. But of course, the breakout star is Jenna Ortega. She's well, Jenna, fantastic. She, she really is. Well, Jenna Ortega may be reteaming with her Wednesday director, Tim Burton, for his long-delayed Beetlejuice 2. So excited. The news came yeah. via an item from THR, which uh, maintains that WB, the studio behind the film, has yet to comment. However, the same report that says Michael Keaton is primed to rep reprise the title role with Winona Ryder also returning. Ortega would play the daughter of writers Lydia. Beetlejuice 2 has been on the docket for Burton for decades now, so much so that we, uh, Joe Blow has written article versions that never got made. Uh, Burton recently said he was working on ideas, but it was still early days. Likely the massive success of Wednesday on Netflix with Ortega led him to signing on the long-running sequel. Indeed, this would be the second time in recent years that Michael Keaton has reprised an iconic role for Warner Brothers, with him also starring as Batman in WB's uh, much-hyped Flash film, which he uh, also primed that to be That movie part. is going to be the movie of the summer. Oh, my God, does that look good. I'm looking forward That's to DC. it. DC. Holy cow, I I'm know. looking forward to it because of Batman. I would love to see him uh, back as Beetlejuice. Um, you know, do you remember what Beetlejuice 2 was uh, uh, originally supposed to be called? Be no, I don't. Beetlegeist? No, Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii. Oh, God, I'm so glad that didn't happen. Yeah, sounds like an earnest movie, right? You know, Beetlejuice terrible. goes to jail. Beetlejuice hey, saves if Christmas. This, if this happens and you've got Jenna Ortega, number one, she's one of the hottest actresses. I'm not meaning look. She's she's beautiful young lady. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, hot is like her, her stock is hot right now. Um, she's in Scream 5 and 6. Yep. She makes she's one of the biggest, coolest parts of Scream 6. Um, her Saturday Night Live hosting gig. She was great on that on that episode. She was funny. Um, she's great at Wednesday. I think what a perfect casting for Lydia's daughter. How, how could you not? 
Uh, Winona Ryder is, you know, back with obviously Stranger Things was like a resurrection for her career. Yep. Um, and Michael Keaton, like you said, he's, uh, you know, back to him. Batman, he's still such a good actor. I, It's a slam dunk. I think if this gets done, you got Tim Burton back with it, Keaton, Ryder, and you got Jenna Ortega. I'm in. The sequel sounds freaking awesome. They, not not if they go to Hawaii though. If you go to Hawaii, it's it's bad. <laughs> Got to keep it dark and gritty, man. Like the first. Will it be as good as the original? Eh, who knows? I didn't think the second Top Gun would be as good as the first, and it was. It was. Yep. It's it, it's hard territory when you go into something legendary like that. It can be done. Ghostbusters Afterlife, another good. You know, could be a good addition. Nothing will ever really top the original, but can be a good sequel, good part of the canon. So yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. And if you've watched Wednesday, I mean, Wednesday can be legit scary at times. It can be funny, heartwarming. Um, I mean, you bring all of those elements into a new Beetlejuice movie. It's One qualm with Wednesday. I do not like Luis Guzman as uh, as, uh, Gomez. I don't 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 like that. I don't either. I think think that's bad casting. I understand they're going for the cartoony type Gomez, (laughs) but I like that Raul Julia like. Gomez is supposed to be debonair. Suave, yeah. Romantic, yeah. Like this dude, no offense, Guzman, but I just, and I just, you know, can't take the voice, you yeah. know, the, the lift. Father, where, hey, Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, you got- your mother. I got you into the Nevermore <laughs> Academy. Yeah, no, I can't do it. I don't, yeah. I don't like his casting. I don't. Yeah, you have to have the smooth Karamiya. Yeah, oh God, Raul Julia, fantastic. Nailed it. Fantastic. Too bad he passed Gomez. away. <laughs> yeah. All right. But I will say Catherine Zeta Jones as Morticia is not bad. I mean, Fantastic. good follow up to uh, and Angelica, Angelica Houston. Yep. The one we grew up with. Yeah. Exactly. Also love the Christina Ricci's in it. You know, nice throwback to have the Wednesday we grew up with in the show. So totally agree. I don't know how we. Get, I don't know how we got on that rant, but I like it. <laughs> That's what we do here on the show. We we go on side little tangents Squirrel. and then we Squirrel. bring I'm it back around. Here. I'm gonna move this here. I'm gonna move it everywhere. What are you doing? Well, we're gonna, do. We're gonna bring it back around and uh, stay in the vein of horror. Now, uh, Tony, did you ever see the Grindhouse you movie, horror? which was the the joint venture between Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino? Yeah, had bulletproof and uh, it was uh, planet. Death ha- was planet. Terror and uh, death house or uh, death proof, right? death proof. Car. <laughs> yes, I did see this in theaters. It was freaking long, but the idea was to get you to go to the theater, make you feel like it was an old school double feature, and they had trailers in between. So, like where you're supposed to go get your popcorn and your soda and all that, and, you know, go to the lobby. They showed fake trailers, and I do remember where we're going with the one you're about to talk about. It was funny, and uh, you know, I enjoyed a lot of the trailers. I, I thought it was good. Like some of them became real movies, like Machete. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that was part of the fake trailers during that. It became <laughs> a real movie. Um, yeah, definitely, it was cool to watch. It was a long time ago. Well, you hit the nail on the head. You know, one of these fake trailers is now becoming a reality. 16 years after the release of Grindhouse, director Eli Roth is finally about to head into production on a feature expansion of his faux trailer, Thanksgiving. A deadline reports that the slasher movie has just secured worldwide theatrical distribution from TriStar Pictures. According to Deadline, studios were lining up to get the chance to release Thanksgiving. TriStar president Nicole Brown is all about 
filmmaker-driven projects. And once Roth announced this was his next film, she sat out to make TriStar. Uh, that's not a complete sentence. They landed the pick not. and aggressively <laughs> pursued the rights. I didn't write it. But uh, apparently editing. You just read what's on the screen, man. You're like Ron Burgundy. You read (laughs) what's on the teleprompter. You are a professional. Well, Roth has been wanting to make the feature version of Thanksgiving ever since he put together the faux trailer for the Robert Rodriguez Quentin Tarantino double feature Grindhouse, which was released way back in 2007. He even wrote the screenplay with Jeff Rendell, who played the homicidal pilgrim in the trailer a dozen years ago. Now it's finally happening, thanks to Spyglass Media stepping in to provide the funding. Roth jumped at the chance to get the movie made, even though it meant having Deadpool's Tim Miller take over as director on the reshoots for his video game adaptation of Borderlands. So, uh, yeah, you know, I out of all of the fake trailers, this was the one that I thought was going to be uh, just a, a huge hit. And I'm glad to see that uh, Eli Roth is making it. I just remember the pilgrim pumping the turkey at the table. That's all I really remember. And there was a girl jumping on a trampoline doing splits and landed on the knife in her uh, area. Um, I remember that at the trailer. I have have not watched that trailer since they said 16 years. Mm -hmm. I've not seen that in 16 years, that trailer. If this gets done, has to be shot like, like that trailer. Has to be in the vein of an 80s slasher flick. Has to. I don't think it'll work any other way. Um, I and I don't know if it would get really big theater release. I kind of see this like a a shutter or a I don't even know a Netflix type streaming thing. But uh, could be fun though. But I, I feel it's got to be shot like it's got to have that eighties vibe though. Oh yeah, yeah. The old thirty five millimeter meteor uh, film grain. The the old uh, trailer voice guy. Um, yes. Yeah. It's got to be, it's got to totally like have the, the cigarette burns, you know, when the next scene goes and you used to see the exactly. little cigarette burn as they call that. Yes. It's got to have that. And it's got to have the feel. It's got to be like in the vein of cocaine bear. You got to know going in, it's going to be terrible, but that's, what's going to make it good and enjoyable. And I think if you do that and you do kind of how that fake trailer shot to be, it's, I think it's going to be pretty entertaining because that trailer <laughs> was ridiculous. And you're like, dude, this is something I saw like before watching Nightmare on Elm Street on VHS. So exactly. If you don't know what VHS is, Google, Google it. it. <laughs> and We're uh, not that old, but maybe we are. And if we talk about any of these movies and trailers and things along those lines, if you follow us on Facebook, and you guys can look down below, Proton Pack Podcast, I will be posting all of those so you can actually go back and rewatch that fake trailer. Yeah. it's it's. I got to watch it. After the show, I'll watch it. I'm not going to watch it right now, but. Uh, from what I remember, it was pretty, I like to say, I remember the pilgrim pumping the dead turkey or whatever at the table. All right. Let's move on to our last story here in movie news. Um, this comes at absolutely no surprise, especially if you watch the movie, but, uh, Morbin time has, <laughs> has come to a close in the only way that it could with a triumph for Jared Leto in the coveted worst actor award for this year's Razzies. Leto was not on hand to accept his award. They're usually whoever is. Yeah. Who would ever show up, which he got for portraying Dr. Michael Morbius in the movie Morbius. This is Leto's second Razzie after his win for worst supporting actor in 2022 for house of Gucci. He also won best supporting actor at the Oscar for his role in Dallas buyers club. He is one of those guys who's either a phenomenal actor or a terrible actor. Obviously you referenced uh, his turn at Joker, which was 
awful. Ah, ah. Absolutely awful. And Morbius was even worse. So uh, yeah, Morbius was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not saying in a good way. That movie is a piece of crap. So bad. It was so shitty. Dude, F. It was and, bad. And I'm so sad they tried to tie it into the MCU with uh, you know, <sighs> Michael Keaton, who we were just talking about as Adrian Toomes, the vulture. Um, but yeah, I, that movie needs to slow a, die a slow death. Would never watch it again in my life. I nope. watched it once and it was enough. That movie sucked. Right. Yeah, you can so stream it on a couple belongs, platforms, but don't see it. Doesn't it? It kind of belongs in those early crappy, like 2000 movies, right? Like Rise of the Silver Surfer. And, you know, that's kind of where I feel like that Electra. movie belongs. Like, yep. yeah, should it come out around that time where you're like, oh, well, I guess that's a comic book movie. That's, it is what it is. It was, it was better than nothing. Nope. <laughs> I'll take nothing. That movie sucked. Yeah, it was a huge step backwards for comic book movies. But, uh, you know, luckily we've got Marvel, which saves the day time in and time again. Definitely. Exactly. Well, folks, that does it for our movie news. When we come back, we are going to be talking video games. And of course, we're going to close out the show from there. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore a complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash angel phoenix productions. Folks, welcome back to the final segment of the Proton Pack podcast. I'm Christian Phoenix. With me always is my co-host, Tone. Tone, how are you feeling about this episode so far? Still doing good, man. I'm having fun. This is great to do this. Um, it's nice to just kind of sit back, bullshit about geeky stuff. And, uh, you know, it's 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 fun. Having it a good fun. time, as I always do anyway. So. Yeah, it's great to get back in the groove of things and, of course, you know, put some fun content together for you guys, the listeners and watchers to uh, interact with. And uh, if you are following along, uh, join us on Facebook, uh, Instagram or anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Well, as, dog. as we do in the final segment of each show, uh, we're going to be talking video game news. Hey, man, you want to play some video games? All right. Well, this first story is about probably the most hotly anticipated new Nintendo game. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is Nintendo's first $70 game. And Nintendo of America president Doug Bowser, interesting name, has shared why Nintendo chose to raise the price of this specific Nintendo Switch title. As he said, dollar bills, (laughs) y'all. We look at what the game has to offer. Bowser told AP News in a recent interview, I think fans will find this is an incredibly full, deeply immersive experience. The price point reflects the type of experience that fans can expect when it comes to playing this particular game. This isn't a price point that we'll necessarily have on all of our titles. It's actually a fairly common pricing model here, uh, either here or in Europe or in other parts of the world where the pricing may vary depending on the game itself. 
Bowser's statement echoes what Nintendo had previously said on the matter. Shortly after revealing uh, Zelda's $70 price tag, Nintendo confirmed that it determines the suggested retail price for any Nintendo product on a case-by-case -case basis. And to be fair, Nintendo games are the ones that really do hold their value the most. I mean, you go back and buy Mario Kart 8 and you can't find it for any less than full price. Um, you know, Walmart always has a little bit of a discount, but... Uh, you know, it's not like any other game where they discount, 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 discount to next to nothing. Nintendo games definitely hold their value. They're worth it. Um, highly, you know, this game is going to be awesome. It's beautiful. We haven't got a brand spanking new original Legend of Zelda game since the Switch kicked off. And I think it's been five years, which is anymore. That's like a console cycle. And right. we know we're towards the end of the Switch. And sadly, Zelda's kind of one of those franchises that you sig signals the end. And what I mean by this is, if you look at it, when this, uh, what was the last one? Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild, yep. Beautiful game. Have not even come close to beating it because I just don't have the time. Yes, I own it. It is a great game. It is beautiful. Um, I think that was kind of the only game at the time for Switch. So you kind of, that was a launch title. Now, that came out as well on, uh, I believe, the Wii U, but that kind of signaled the end of the Wii U. And now when you go back to when the Wii U launched, the end of the Wii, of the Wii, which was before that, was the Twilight Princess. So, you know, you get these big A-plus games that are kind of the swan song for the, pra the previous Nintendo system. And I kind of think this is the end for the Switch. I think we'll probably get an announcement for the Switch 2 at some point this year. And I would expect that Tears of the Kingdom will be remastered, more high def, you know, the bells and the whistles. That'll come out on the next system. And, uh, you know, you won't get a brand new Zelda for at least three to four would be my thought. You might get some re-releases. Um, but hey, you know what? The more Zelda, the merrier. Fantastic franchise. You just got to have some time on your hands. Exactly. You know, I I own a Switch. I don't own Breath of the Wild just because I know I'll never play it. It's it's too big. No. It's too expansive. I don't have the time to dedicate to it. This new one looks beautiful. It looks great. But again, you know, 70 bucks for a game that I'll never play, probably not going to pick it up. No, it's one of those if you get it as a gift, right? Like... I think Nintendo's justified with 70. Why not? Your yeah. PlayStation counterparts, your, your counterparts, your Xbox counterparts, uh, they all charge $70 for their games, okay? In the end, you're paying so much money for a game you love because eventually they're going to have DLC. DLC keeps the game alive, but you're going to keep dumping money into this thing. So when you really break it down at the end of the day, you're spending way more than 70 Uh I think for the size of the game, the dedication and stuff, you got to pay the people that make it. And let's be real. There's unless it's a re-release um, and I'll give you an example, Metroid Prime Remastered, a steal at thirty nine dollars right now. If you can get your hand on that and I recommend even if you don't got the time, get the game because it's going to be worth money because um, it's a limited release on the switch. As far as physical copy goes, you can get it at Walmart. If you're lucky to find it, $39, <laughs> that's a steal. But it's an older game, remastered. That kind of stuff I could see being $39, like Turtles uh, Calabunga Collection being $39. Older games like that totally justify the $39 price point, not the $70. Newer games, in my opinion, $59, 
69. It's just the standard. It's been the standard. So it really doesn't come as a huge shock to me on, on the price tag there. Exactly. The other thing about Zelda is if you enjoy the Zelda games, you want to play a Zelda game that won't occupy quite as much of your time as Breath of the Wild um, or this new one, check out Nintendo Switch Online because they have almost all of the old Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, uh, Game Boy, uh, Zelda games that are all I think they have the whole collection pretty much, yeah. Because they do on the Nintendo, you've got Zelda 1, 2, and they have the special edition, so everything's unlocked, so you really just go finish it if you wanted. Um, Link to the Past, my absolute favorite Zelda on the Super Nintendo, that's there. Um, Ocarina of Time, Mask of Majora, or Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask, yeah, you're in good shape. The only thing it's missing is uh, the Wind Waker from the GameCube. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, by the way, if you have a a Nintendo Online account and you own a Wii U, you have about a week left uh, before you can no longer purchase games on the Wii U uh, shop. You can get uh, Wind Waker remastered on there. Um, surprised that hasn't come out to the Switch, to be honest with you. But uh, I just picked up, because uh, you can't get physical copies anymore of like uh, Punch-Out for the Wii and Mario Galaxy 2. Um, those games go for almost uh, anywhere from 60 to to $100 for a physical Oof. copy for an old Wii game. You can get them... Like I got a twenty dollars digital on the Wii U, so right and fun games. If you're into classic collecting, yeah, you know, so there you go with that stuff. Definitely worth it. The Switch is love Nintendo, and like you said, anything you get Nintendo wise, it holds its value. It, it just absolutely does. Yeah, and speaking of the Switch and Nintendo Switch Online, um, you know they're always adding new games, new uh, DLCs. Well, Kirby's Dream Land 2 has now joined the Nintendo Switch Online collection along with Burger Time Deluxe, Side Pocket, and Xevious. Nintendo shared its March 2023 NES, Super NES, and Game Boy updates for its Nintendo Switch Online subscription service via the YouTube video uh, that turned the spotlight on the new additions, which are available on both the basic NSO, Nintendo Switch Online, and expansion packs tiers. Um, I love Nintendo Switch Online. It's absolutely worth it to get the expansion pack, which gives you Game Boy Advance, gives you Nintendo 64, and gives you the Sega Genesis titles. And again, for guys like us who grew up on these games and don't have a lot of time, these are wonderful to pick up. You can create save points at any time. I've been playing the hell out of um, Metroid Fusion, which is a Game Boy Advance game. Um, And it's great. It's a beautiful game. Yeah, I can pick it up, play it, put it down, and get on the go. So absolutely would recommend it. What's funny is, you know, Kirby's Dream Land 2, I absolutely own that on the Game Boy. Burger Time Deluxe, (laughs) eh. Now there's some, you can tell these are just dog shit games that like Data East is is who makes Burger Time, right? Mm -hmm. They're just pushing it out. There's no way I'm going to play that game. And that's okay. But, you know, there's a lot of games, like you said, Side Pocket, yeah, who wants to play a pool game, dude? There's there is some dog shit games that come out on this system, but or on this service, but eh, there's more good than bad to be honest. So right, like you said, Metroid Fusion, Kirby's Dreamland, eh, eh on Zevius and Burger Time and Side Pocket, but I would like to see on the Nintendo side and the Super Nintendo start releasing some more heavy hitter games. Okay, so the I'd one love to see more the one that I've been anxiously waiting for there's been no announcement about it and i can't find it anywhere on any of the uh, current systems 
Super Mario RPG from Super Nintendo. Where the hell is it, right? Great RPG game. It was beautiful. It was made by Squaresoft and Nintendo. Fantastic use of the 3D graphics from the Super Nintendo, which in my opinion, one of the best systems ever made. Um, where the hell is it? Come on. I think I think we'll get it eventually. We it. But right now, the only place that I can play it is I have to set up my uh, Super Nintendo uh, Classic. You know the the hardware that uh, yeah. You know I've got all the games loaded on that, but you know then you've got the wired controllers and it's it's a pain in the ass. I'd rather just have yeah. them put it on Nintendo Switch Online at this point. Me too. Even if it was not available, let's say for the service, like a download, you know, and that's something the Wii U did. They had a lot. They have the Mario Brothers RPG or Super Mario RPG on there. Seven ninety nine. Hell, I it's on that. their virtual console. Yeah, exactly. Right, eight bucks. It's on your console. I mean, granted, the Wii U is a dead system, but hey, you can have it for eight bucks, right? Um, I'm also curious where the hell is Duck Hunt? You know, you can totally do that on there because you can use your little Joy Cons to yeah. shoot because that's that's what you're able to do for the Wii. I mean, there's a cup. There is definitely some notable games. If you guys are watching this far into the podcast and you can think of old school games you'd like to see on there, you should throw Put it in, in for the a discussion. <laughs> yeah, we can have a discussion on it because I could rant and rave of what should be on there, what shouldn't be on there. And I'm talking to you, Burger Time Deluxe and Side Pocket. <laughs> side pocket. <laughs> Better than nothing, but don't need those games. Exactly. No, just don't need them. All right, let's move on to our next story here in video games. This one's exciting. I just saw it this morning, and uh, I may jump on this. Well, 2K Games and the LEGO Group have announced LEGO 2K Drive, a AAA driving adventure game that launches on May 19th, 2023. Coming to PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox One and Series X and S, Nintendo Switch and PC via Steam and the Epic Game Store, LEGO 2K Drive is an open-world game with single and multiplayer that lets players build any vehicle they like, whether it be street racers, off-roaders, or boats. WWE 2K and NBA 2K developer Visual Concepts is creating the game, which promises to deliver a wide-open world with different biomes, races, mini-games, challenges, collectibles, things to destroy, and a story to tie it all together. And of course, if you've played any LEGO game, you know they're so much fun. Oh, absolutely. They're they're always great games. And I mean, they've obviously they've made a lot. Um, the last great one they did was the Skywalker Saga. Fantastic mm -hmm. Lego game. Um, I think this is a neat development and different. They're thinking outside the box while using the Lego branding. Um, WWE 2K23 just came out. Haven't played it. Haven't played a wrestling game since we were probably <laughs> teenagers, while, maybe. Yeah. Oh god, it's been. I think it's been since the Wii. They had WWE All Stars, which was like an arcade fighter type game. I think it was the last one I played. But the graphics, I see, I see advertisements for it all the time. The graphics are fantastic. So, yeah, um, I mean, it's would like to see some stuff for this Lego game. I don't. You know, I don't know if my screen's just not loading anything, but I'd love to no, see some shots. They so. don't even have an announcement trailer yet. So, okay. you know, okay, when, then I'm not crazy because I'm like, I'd like to see a picture of this. Exactly. At least a little something. Now, along these lines, something I would love to see, and it's a game that I've been playing pretty much any time I get a chance because it's great to pick up and go. Nintendo Switch, Mario Kart 8. You've got the DLC. Well, what if they made a Mario Kart Maker game where you could build your own tracks and share them, you know, across the web? And, and oh, how fun would that be? Yeah, wouldn't that be amazing? 
It really would. I mean, that's a fantastic thing about Mario Maker. That's a hell of a game to get on Switch. I don't got the time to build it, but I love playing people's creations on there. Fun, innovative. Um, I know there's, it's like endless amounts of stories and just racetracks. It'd be fun to pick it up and just pick up a new track, you know, like that'd be a cool thing if they ever added on a future Mario Kart too, you know? Yeah. Just creative tracks. I would love to see it. it. You know, the DLCs come so infrequent with uh, Mario Kart 8 that, you know, at times I'd love to just build my own track or or play a track that somebody else has built. So, and I have a feeling that you'll be able to do that to some degree with this new Lego drive game. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a heck of an announcement. That's good. For sure. Well, folks, uh, we're about to wrap things up, but it wouldn't be a Proton Pack podcast without our trailer of the week. And of course, our trailer is usually a TV trailer, a movie trailer. Well, this one happens to be a video game trailer. And I mean, this is a blast from the past that Tony sent to me earlier in the week that I was very surprised by, but I'm happily uh, chopping at the bit to, uh, to pick up when it becomes available. We're talking Toxic Crusaders. If you are too young to understand what that is, Toxic Crusaders, go back, find it on YouTube. It's basically a cartoon that was made from a very hard R rated series of movies. Holy cow, yeah. Made zero sense why they made it a cartoon. Well, now there's an action beat em up game that's coming out in the vein of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Shredder's Revenge, or any of those, uh, you know. Uh, Streets of Rage 4. Exactly. And I love this. Beat-em-ups are making a comeback, and they're absolutely one of my favorite genres of video games. I love beat-em-ups. <laughs> so much fun. I, 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 they're nostalgia, man. Yeah, and again, great. they're the type of games you can pick up, play a level, put down. So much fun. And, you know, especially if you grew up in the same era that Tony and I did, you know, this will be a blast from the past if you remember the cartoon. Um, just yeah, a quick you little. You guys gotta watch the trailer. You gotta watch the trailer for this game. I mean, if you, it's like Shredder's Revenge, man. Holy cow. <laughs> so good. And just to give you guys a quick little synopsis the hottest heroes of 1991 return for a radical, retroactive romp for a new era, featuring awesome action, crushing combos, and more toxic waste than you'll know what to do with. Developer and publisher Retroware has teamed up with Troma Entertainment to bring the Toxic Crusaders back for an all-new, all-action beat-em-up for one to four players. Grab your mop, tutu, and attitude, and get ready to clean up the mean streets of Tromaville, one radioactive goon at a time. Uh, So looking forward to it. And as I mentioned, I will put this on our Facebook page so you guys can watch the trailer. But uh, it will be a lot of fun to play for sure. I love it. I hope it does good. I mean, TMT's uh, Shredder's Revenge has done so great. Uh, Streets of Rage 4 has done fantastic. I mean, I hope this opens the door for other um, beat-em-ups like X-Men, The oh. Simpsons. Um, Even the Avengers. Sunset, Sunset Riders. You can get that on uh, Switch, too. That's like two bucks to download. It's fantastic. Great game. Um, so many good beat-em-ups. Dude, could you imagine? I'm looking at these comments. What if they did a Thundercats one? Oh, there's so stop many it. like so yeah. Good. What you could you could even do a He-Man Masters of the Universe like you know it doesn't matter who's got the license to these just make them beat them up. So I'm telling you, simple platform, good graphics, go through, beat the crap out of characters, get to one of the bosses we knew we know and love, and and just rinse repeat, dude. I I love it. You know? <laughs> like, yeah sold because they did so good with streets of rage and turtles i mean they were awesome 
Yeah, definitely worth checking out. Definitely worth picking up. And of course, as more information comes out, when it's going to be available, what the price point is going to be, we'll let you guys know. But with that being said, that does it for another Proton Pack podcast, episode two of season two. And uh, as always, we appreciate you guys. Feel free to leave us any comments. Let us know how we're doing, what you'd like us to talk about. And of course, we'll respond where we can. That's all I've got. Any uh, last words you want to leave the folks with, Tom? No, I think I've covered it. Uh, See Cocaine Bear at home if it's streaming. Pick up Metroid Prime uh, Remastered for the Switch if you get it. And uh, enjoy John Wick 4. Let us know what you guys thought. We'll do a review. We'll let you know next week. If you've seen Shazam, let us know what you thought of it. Did you like it? Did you hate it? What movies are you guys looking forward to? Little interactions in the comments. We'll try to address it in next week's episode. I know it's not live, but give us feedback. We'd love to hear it. And otherwise, thank you for watching on the No Big Deal. See you next week. (laughs) All right, folks. And uh, before we leave, I promised I would give a little shout out. Corbin Reese, love you, boys. See you guys all next week. Phoenix Bros. Love you. I am. Hasta la vista, baby. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Woo! Yowie, wowie. Fluffy. Goodbye. This podcast was a production of Angel Phoenix Productions. Explore more episodes of this show or other great shows on the Angel Phoenix Podcast Network by visiting angelphoenix.com. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of Angel Phoenix Productions or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.